lot of design work. Um, and I, I read a lot. I'm an editor and a writer, of course. And a lot of what the book is about is sort of responding to the idea of, uh, of our desire for memoir, of our desire for both, I mean, both truth and authenticity as well as narrative. Um, and so the book is it's set up in the way that there, you can read the book as a book, but you can all, there's also moments in the book that has this little dagger glyph that sort of connect to the, connect to the website for it. And I found that I was, when I was working on this book that I was really trying to, when I'm trying to think about self, self is an inherently unstable thing. Um, and I've been you know, reading all these memoirs. One of the things I did for this, for this not a memoir book was to make an assemblage of or a collage of about 150 different memoirs that I read and using other people's words to, to advance ideas that I thought were interesting. But when I was starting to write about the self, the self just kept crumbling underneath, when I, underneath my own gaze. And I wasn't even sure what I thought about some of the things that I was saying. So I tried to leave these open doors that would connect to the website for it in the hopes that then I could come back to the book, keep working on the same ideas, these ideas of I and self and the digital versus print divide um, and, and the, the idea of memoir that so you kind of so then you can read it. There's video on this website. You can kind of come back, and a lot of the things on the website start to contradict as if you're, I think, an interesting thinker, and you start to contradict yourself. You start looking at a whole bunch of different ideas. So in some ways, the book is almost more of a cloud memoir or cloud book. Uh, I mean, or I should say a codex surrounded by a cloud of these other digital things. And you know we're in the age of you know I mean of the ebook and book as app, and Penguin sort of releasing books as apps. So as a former hacker, which is where a lot of a lot of my uh, a lot of my background is in is in hacking, um, not not reformed hacker, but I am a former hacker. A lot of my interest in digital technologies is both comes out of the sense of play and wanting to mess around with things. And I think a lot of writers and readers are enjoying doing that right now. And we are in this space, as you mentioned, that there, it does feel like there's some kind of shift. We don't know what's going to happen. But at least from a writerly perspective, I think it's a lot of fun. And why wouldn't writers want to play around with these sorts of divides? Uh, Nick, I'm going to turn to you. You've also talked about sort of the cloud notion of the, the internet as a kind of collective cloud and the relationship of that with a kind of more um, linear yeah. form of information. So, well, yeah, let me come at, come at this from a, a bit of a different angle. In my new book, The Shallows, I make an argument that uh, the tools we use to think with, everything from maps and clocks on to books and more modern media, have played a big influence in shaping intellectual culture. And what we've learned, moreover, from neuroscience recently is that this shaping process happens very deeply in our brain. Our brains are very good at adapting to new stimuli, to a new environment. It actually changes the circuitry, the, the neural pathways. And so as we use these new tools, we, in essence, teach ourselves new ways to think. And we also, in the process, often lose old ways of thinking. Um, so, for instance, the clock, up until the invention of the mechanical clock, time was understood to be and felt as something that flowed naturally and cyclically. Uh, the clock chopped time up into many little pieces, uh, and that gave rise, I would argue, uh, to a new way of thinking, a new scientific way of thinking, and, and all of our, uh, the enlightenment and everything can be traced back to a sense of time as something chopped up. Um, 
I further argue that for the last 500, 550 years, the, the major tool that we think with has been the printed book. Um, and even recently, when we saw television and radio arise, they were limited by the fact that they couldn't process or distribute text. So even though we spent a lot of time watching TV and listening to radio, the book remained at the very center of culture and, and had a very strong impact on the way we think. And what the book did, particularly when it became popular after, after Gutenberg's press, is it trained our minds to pay attention. Uh, the book is a very strange object in that our natural, I think our brain's natural desire is to be distracted and to keep shifting our attention among many different stimuli, many different things. That way we don't get you know, eaten by tigers or miss that bush of berries that has some food for us. And the book stopped that. I, I mean, the book forced you to pay attention in a linear fashion over many, many pages often. Um, which is